have some folks with us this morning who've never been with us before, and we're thrilled that you're here. And you, I don't know, um, <clears throat> if you're used to being in a place like this, uh, you can tell that we really are wide open in what we believe is God's affirming love and affirming care for all of creation and especially for all of humanity. And we try very, very hard to live into that. You've joined us on Pride Sunday. And as you can tell, we are flaming out, man, <laughs> on this Pride Sunday. And we embrace so many parts of our neighborhood and our community and our city and humanity. And of course, one of those is our embrace and affirmation of the LGBTQ plus community. And so we're talking a lot about that today. A lot of us gathered up yesterday down at the convention center to celebrate Lexington Pride. And it was just a beautiful, magnificent uh, gathering where we were able to celebrate a community that gives so much to this community, to this city, and uh, has a whole lot of love, so much love to give. And so we're going to be talking a lot about that uh, this morning. As you can see, we're decked out with the rainbows and everything else. We're going to be talking about pride this morning since we've been celebrating pride. So I thought that I would read one of the most well-known scriptures about pride. <clears throat> well, that's just a beauty, isn't it? <laughs> it's from the Proverbs. Proverbs are interesting. There's a lot of really interesting um, life hacks, <laughs> I'll say, in, in Proverbs. And, you know, it talks about how uh, couples should try to deal with one another when one of them's angry. I think probably one of the most famous Proverbs tells a man that it's better for him to hang out on the roof of the house than to be in the house with an angry wife. <laughs> so if you're a literalist, you can just, on a rainy day like today, you're in trouble. <laughs> Proverbs 6... Boy. <laughs> Phew. Proverbs 16. Folks online have no idea what's going on. We had a crash of thunder just now. We're trying to figure out if that's God saying amen or God saying hold on. <laughs> One or the other. Proverbs 16 says, pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall. How many of you have heard that scripture or seen that scripture before? Yeah, probably most everybody in here. We see it a lot this time of the year, don't we? Uh, before I say anything else, though, I think probably most everyone here is aware, but for those who may not be, I want everyone in here to know that I am a gay man. And that's important as I speak to this issue this morning. I'm the LGBTQ plus community is my community. And so you're going to be hearing me talk a lot today about us and we. And I wanted to make sure that everyone here understood that, that context. So happy Pride 
to everybody. So, just down the road from where Mason and I live, there's a church that you can tell takes a whole lot of pride in the clever messages and the sayings that they put on their church sign, which is really kind of ironic right now because the message that they've posted for Pride Month is actually the scripture that we just read. Pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall. And you know that the committee, the sign committee member who came up with that this month is probably proud as they can be too, you know, that they were able to come up with something like that. These few words from Proverbs uh, about pride leading to something horrible are kind of a favorite of the LGBTQ+, plus, the anti-LGBTQ+, plus religious folks. They get good use out of it during Pride Month when it rolls around every year. It's their way of speaking out against the LGBTQ plus community without mentioning the LGBTQ plus community. Truth be told, I would be thrilled if that was the extent of their acrimony toward this beautiful and loving community. But we all know, and we've all seen, that their bitterness can run pretty deep. And their hostility, especially lately, seems to be becoming more and more obvious. Folks um, who used to try to at least try to frame their ire toward the LGBTQ plus people community as concern for our souls and our eternal destiny, now it seems like they've kind of abandoned that worry altogether. Even if it was misguided, and I think it was, even if it was genuine, but misguided. What used to be a caring effort led by compassion to keep us out of hell has really turned into anything but caring and it's void of any compassion that I can see. Now it almost seems like there's a competition among them to see who can hate the most and who can say the worst things about LGBTQ plus people. Maybe at one point they were genuinely concerned about our spiritual well-being, but now, as best I can tell, it seems like getting rid of us in mass is their goal. And apparently they think that we're all pretty much unredeemable now. To them, we should be ashamed. They can't understand why we're not just hanging our heads and beating our chest and moaning in repentance at the horrible people we are. And it's completely beyond their ability to comprehend why we would actually be proud of who we are. So they pull out this proverb. And once again, they remind us that pride is a sin. Well, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of, sometimes. Kind of, sort of, sometimes under certain circumstances, pride is a sin. Let's be honest. The folks who preach warnings to us this time every year about the sin of pride and the penalties of being proud are really only talking about gay pride. They can't be talking about all pride. And you want to know how I know? Because this time next week, the same people who this week are preaching to us about the evils and the dangers of pride are going to have Lee Greenwood turned up to full volume. And they want to make sure that everyone knows how proud they are to be an American. 
I know people who believe emphatically. I've talked to people who believe emphatically that it's impossible to be a Christian if you're not also a proud American. I do. Conservative media, Christian nationalism, they've convinced a whole lot of people of that thought. These folks can't grasp, they never grasp the irony of condemning one kind of pride this week while embracing another kind of pride next week. The irony of daring a whole community that's fought hard for their own freedoms and rights and had to prove their value and their belovedness. Those same patriotic Christians want to tell us that we're not allowed to be proud. Look, I, I claim everything they claim. I do. I claim the God they claim. I claim the country they claim. And if I'm allowed to be proud of my faith and of my country, then I'm allowed to be proud about who I am as a gay person. And I encourage them to be proud of who they are. If they want to have issues with pride, they should at least have issues with every kind of pride. Otherwise, they don't know what to do with somebody like me or us, those of us who's a proud gay man, a proud American, and a proud Christian. I'm also a proud father and a proud grandfather and a proud husband and a proud pastor who could not be more proud of his church and the people who go there. If pride as a whole is wrong, then we should avoid every opportunity to be proud of anything. But we know that this proverb and all the other passages that speak, that's God saying amen. But we know that this proverb and all the other passages that speak to the mindset of being proud are not blanket condemnations of pride. They're warnings about allowing ourselves to become arrogant and haughty and to see others as less than us. If we want to talk about that kind of pride... And I believe that's exactly the kind of pride that the Scriptures are speaking of. If we want to talk about that kind of pride, if we want to talk about being arrogant and condescending to others and flexing our muscles and flaunting our power, I think it's a conversation that many in the wider fundamentalist and conservative church world might find uncomfortable. I know the Pharisees back in Jesus' day didn't care much for it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and seas to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. You know who said that? Who? Jesus. Dang. Jesus did not tolerate self-righteousness very much. His patience for arrogance among the religious leaders was thin because he saw their hypocrisy in preaching one thing and living another. Careful now, he might say. It's dangerous to be proud and pious preachers. You're flirting with disaster there. Of course, we know that too much pride... And the wrong kind of pride can be dangerous. It can be even deadly. Pride that turns into arrogance will cause that arrogant person to dismiss everyone they assume they're better than. Arrogant pride leads to the kind of hubris that causes the overly proud person to see their self as more valuable than others. 
And once a person thinks of themselves as supreme to others, to other humans, they start treating those other humans as less than. And if you can see others as less than, you can eventually see them as worthless. And if you can see them as worthless, you can see them as expendable. You see the dangers of the wrong kind of pride. I would contend that there are a lot of very religious people who've allowed themselves to start down that path. They see themselves as better than, holier than, more godly than people like me and my LGBTQ plus siblings. It doesn't matter to them if I or any of the others seek to follow the teachings of Jesus. If the self-righteous judges consider us to be unclean, they will deny that we're people of faith at all. And before you know it, they'll throw out their favorite anti-gay Bible word and call us all abominations. It's one of their favorite words. I hear it a lot. They may not consider a heart that devises wicked schemes as an abomination, but according to another passage here in the Proverbs, it is an abomination. They may not think of haughty eyes or a lying tongue as an abomination, but the Bible says they are. In a nation that refuses to try and stop gun violence and places great esteem on winning a war at any cost, they clearly don't think that shedding of innocent blood is an abomination. But the Scripture says it is. So are feet that run to mischief. So are false witnesses who utter lies. So is the person who spreads strife among the people. All of those, according to the Scripture, are abominations. I don't know about you, but that list reminds me of a, a few folks who've become heroes to a lot of those in the more conservative Christian world these last few years. That's just a very short list of the many abominations that are listed in the Scriptures along with eating meat that's three days old, remarrying an ex-spouse and eating pork rinds, uh, oppressing the poor, not paying a pledge, and even charging interest on a loan. All of those things, according to the Scripture, are considered abominations. Yesterday, I walked around the Pride Festival here in town. If you were there, you probably saw some pretty uh, interesting things. You saw people in costumes and colorful outfits and t-shirts that said things like born this way and y'all means all and love wins, all kinds of affirming, encouraging messages. Pam wore a shirt that said, this pastor loves you. I love that. I did see some messages of defiance and signs that defended our community's right to exist, but what I didn't see I didn't see arrogance in that place yesterday. I saw lots of people who've been told by certain parts of society that they're bad, that they don't deserve a place in our world or a place in God's plan. Among the thousands of people there, I didn't see a single person demeaning another person because of their differences. I didn't see anyone question anyone else's humanity or worth. 
I saw people celebrating. I saw people celebrating their own worth and celebrating the worth of everyone else in that place. So here's the thing I would say to all those who can't seem to see us as we really are, as God sees us. You can try to keep us down. You can try to diminish the people that you don't agree with or the people that you don't like. You can use scriptures and misuse and manipulate and mistranslate and misdirect them to try to scare us into submission. You can threaten us with hell and eternal punishment and all the other scare tactics that you seem to enjoy. But we know better. We know God better. And knowing God the way we do... We're not afraid. But we know that you're afraid. You're afraid because you worry that when we find liberation from your bondage, you lose your leverage. And if you lose your leverage, you lose your power. And you're pretty proud of your power. So while you tell us that we're not allowed to be proud of who we are, you're flaunting your own power and your own pride. You don't have to be proud of us. We're not asking you to be proud of us. But you don't get to tell us what we're allowed to be proud of or when we can be proud or where we get to be proud or why we get to be proud. Our world is big. It's filled with lots of ideas and dogmas and opinions on absolutely everything. And I'm okay with that. I really am. Everybody doesn't have to agree with me. Everybody else can be wrong. I'm right. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) You know that's tongue in cheek. I am okay with that. It's fantastic. But no one gets to tell me and nobody gets to tell us when and what we get to be proud of. And today as a gay man who tries very, very hard to value others and spread a message of beautiful, radical love, I'm as proud as I can be of my pride. You are all a part of my pride. When I think about the things I'm most proud of, I think about my family and my loved ones, and I think about you. Gosh, I'm so proud of my pride. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.